0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 563, with guest Randy Walker, recorded on February 23rd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find the your home news reviews, product updates, and conversation all for The Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average AverageGuy.tv studio here in a chilly, I think, hopefully we're at the end of winter. Bellevue, Nebraska, it's nine degrees now, but ah, it's supposed to warm up. And of course, we'll post the show with some world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget this episode, affiliate sponsor is Nespresso. Use the code MQU, MQU, just like Mike, Queen, Uniform. I'm not sure that's what Q is, but 328 and get $40 off your first purchase of a machine and a free capsule dispenser. If you're drinking bad coffee, stop. Like, there's easy ways to do it. Keurig's okay, but Nespresso's a lot better. And if you want to give it a try, and one of you did this week, uh, you can, you can check it out now. Go to Nespresso.com, use the code MQU328, get 40 bucks off that first machine and give it a try. they got some reasonable options for you stop drinking bad coffee. Big thanks to Gavin Campbell, who joined us uh, two weeks ago. Thanks for giving me the week off last week. And a uh, big thanks to, to Gavin, a great show and a good time. And if you listened all the way to the end, a uh, uh, big thanks to John Biggs, who's been sending me this month's uh, beer tries and uh, we did the pastryarchy unicorn farts after dark. It's yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. Chocolate cinnamon crunch breakfast stout. Uh, and so uh, if you listen to the end of the show, that beer was like nine and a half and I, I was having trouble speaking at the end. So John, thanks for those beers. Gavin, thanks for coming on. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're finding value in this podcast and you want to give back, you can join us at theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. Randy Walker is with us tonight. Randy's been a longtime listener and reached out to me and said, Hey, let's chat. And I said, yeah, let's do that. Randy, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good, good to have you. How long do you go back? Like, where do you think you entered into the Home Gadget Geeks?
1: when you were talking about getting new monitors. I remember that topic chiming uh, in on Twitter, but I don't. Okay.
0: Was that a couple years? Probably couple 2 years, years now two, at this point. 2 maybe? years ago? Okay. Okay. Yeah. What keeps you around? Like why do you why do you keep listening?
1: Uh, I know it sounds be... weird, but why do you keep listening? You have a You have a variety of tech topics. I'm a general purpose geek of all trades, so yeah. uh, you have a variety of topics that keep me interested.
0: You also, you do some, you do some cooking, right? You're, you're, uh, I do you, cooking. Uh, yeah, you, for sure. You, you enjoy to cook. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you enjoy some beverages, uh, uh as well. And uh, in the pre-show, we we're talking a little bit about, a little bit about it. You've got, a, you've got, you like rum. I love and, rum. Uh, and so that's the, you know, that's not a, what, for, for those who missed the pre-show, if you were to, if you were to pitch rum to somebody maybe who's never tried it before, why should they? Why should they at least give it a try the next time they're in their local establishment?
1: Rum is generally a more inexpensive spirit compared to the pricey things like tequila and bourbon. Uh, It's not as common. So, you know, there's that little bit of a uniqueness factor, you you know, you go to your neighborhood dive bar or whatever, they've got Bacardi and Malibu and maybe they Mm -hmm. have Captain and maybe they have Myers's dark rum. But uh, if you go to a, a decent cocktail bar you'll have a variety of rums to try from that have a variety of flavor profiles that have a, a broader appeal some taste like uh, green vegetables some taste rich in molassesy some taste like overripe fruit there's a whole variety of flavors in just base rums and then all the cocktails you can make from them yeah. you know tiki drinks are a big mm-hmm. user of rum
0: yeah what do you if you were to give some like if somebody wanted to try a rum in a mm-hmm. In your average bar, what, what what would be a good one to ask for, do you think?
1: I would say uh, a common rum you could find would be Plantation Three Star. It's mm-hmm. kind of a white mixer rum. It's a blend of three different types of rums. Uh, it's fairly inexpensive. It's, they sell it here in liter bottles. Um, mm-hmm. The Bacardi Eight Year is a good sipping rum. I like it on the rocks. And then if you want to go fancy, Eldorado Twelve year is great, neat if you want to go even fancier the eldorado twenty one but that's uh that's getting yeah. up there yeah, <laughs> you, if you uh yeah yeah we had a pour of it
0: we had a fourteen year rum uh, that my son bought and brought over, and it it's worth it like you you start tasting some of those and you're like, oh, this is pretty good what about what about like even a lot of people know captain Morgan, mm-hmm. what if and they've got some higher end, some higher shelf rums? Would it be worth giving any of those a
1: try? I would generally avoid the flavored or spice rums to start, just so you get a baseline of what rum should actually taste like. And I have this rule that the higher the rank, the worse the rum is. So Mm. Admiral Nelson is horrible. (laughs) Captain Morgan is bad. And Sailor Jerry is probably what I would drink if I was drinking Spiced Rum.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. What about Kraken? Does that show up? Oh, no.
1: That's just, (laughs) that's too sweet and syrupy for me. That makes your
0: stomach bleed. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's a a bad. That's a pass for me. We should have talked about all this in the pre-show. By the way, if you're a regular listener and you only catch the podcast, this is generally the conversation we have on the pre-show. I didn't, I didn't mean to get there, but while I had Randy, it was, uh, it was, it seemed like it was a good idea to. Maybe, maybe. Ch- and I got some questions about rum. I mean, we, we drink, we drink enough of it. And so, uh, Randy, thanks for that. Randy, you're out of the Detroit area. Uh, and I say that, but you're actually in Detroit.
1: I am, as of last August, living in the city of Detroit now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So whoa, why Detroit and why go back to the city? All we hear are, from the news is it's how the city's imploding and no, everybody's moving out and it's terrible. Obviously, you, you, you're in a different spot.
1: Yeah, I'll, Probably, well, let's see, what is it? About 12 years ago, I moved down. I lived up in the middle of the state. I don't know if you've had any Michigan friends or Michigan guests, but the whole hand map, Mm -hmm. the state Mm -hmm. of Michigan looks like a mitten. So you point to where you grew up or where you're from. So I grew up here in the middle of Michigan, a bunch of cow fields. And actually the city or the town, it's not even close to a city. The town I grew up in had got its first traffic light and its first fast food restaurant when I was in high school. Mm. But uh, it is the plastic thermo farming capital of the world. Really? So, like, you know, <laughs> truck bed liners and, pla- you know, yeah. anything that's yeah, molded yeah. plastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But after I graduated from college, I got a job working for one of the big three auto manufacturers. So, I moved down here and have moved closer and closer to the city proper as the years have gone on. And now I, I live in the city. Wow. Things are, things getting better or? Oh, yeah. They've been improving for okay. probably the last. You know, it, yeah. there have been some very rough patches in Detroit's history. Yeah. Um, as an outside observer, for most of the time, I would say the last decade to 15 years has been a huge improvement. It's getting better. The pandemic kind of set things back a little bit just because, you know, businesses and yeah. attractions couldn't operate for a long time. Like in time. every city.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think everybody suffered a little bit.
1: Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I like living here. I live in a great neighborhood. It's...
0: How do you feel like the tech scene is in Detroit? You feel like it's a good, like,
1: yeah, it's coming Uh, back. It never left. uh, It's a, it's a growing tech scene. I keep seeing articles pitching Detroit as the next, uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, um, that's ambitious. Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, you have the big three auto manufacturers here. Yeah. Are they still Um,
0: there? I mean, is there still production going on in, in Detroit?
1: Yeah. There's Michigan facilities, Detroit facilities. Uh, I live just three, two, three miles away from, uh, uh, Chrysler facility uh, plant. Um, I work in a building owned by General Motors. I don't work for General Motors, but I work in a building owned by General Motors. Um, so yeah, the big three are still doing strong. Ford is renovating the old men, met, old uh, Michigan Central Station train station to be their new headquarters. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw so that. So that's
1: in the Corktown neighborhood just uh, west of downtown. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge draw. That neighborhood is getting st- It has been great. It's been fun. And now it's getting even more appealing for nightlife and residential.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. You'd hate to see, I mean, Detroit has such a storied history in America Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, tied to our automobile, tied to Motown, Mm -hmm. our music, blues, all those things, right. That, that Detroit, you, you just, you want to root for it. Like you, you really like, you know. Come back! Don't don't die. So good to hear that. That it's yeah. And then we've got the
1: uh, the rocket family of companies here that used to be Quicken Loans, owned by Dan Gilbert. Oh yeah, uh, right Cavaliers and yeah. um, Yeah. So they've got a whole bunch of technology companies, and they have a bunch of smaller companies that are part of their family of companies. That um, one of the big ones that I'm thinking of, or a couple of tech focused ones, would be Detroit Labs, which is a, a company that. Does both app development and uh, contracts out to employees, employers who need developers. And then there is a boot camp uh, called the Grand Circus, which boot camps don't generally do well, but they have been around for the longest time. And they're they're quite popular. And they're, the graduates of that boot camp definitely get hired because I help run a tech networking group mm. in the city.
0: And what for the boot camps? What are they like? What kind of languages are they running? What's what's working? Because I, I I five years ago I was re- trying to hire out of these boot camps, so yeah, change, have changed. But so one what's of the hireable ones, at this point,
1: yeah. One of the big ones they do is Java. Okay,
0: and that's still working, huh? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, plus, when you learn java you learn c style so you can easily transition to something like php or or something c sharp if you need to yeah we we hired a lot of c sharp developers Mm -hmm. uh, and i'm sure they do others that's just one i happen to know of and i don't even know if they do that anymore that's just the last i happen to know but they they do boot camps
0: okay talk a little bit about what you do let's get to know you a little bit what's your what's your day job
1: what do you do so my day job i am an instructional developer so i make computer-based training i do some design too of like determining what needs to be trained, how to train it. But my focus and my skill set leans more towards the developer of actually implementing your ideas into computer-based training. Or sometimes I do like, here's how you would translate these learning needs into an instructor led training as well. Where
0: has that technology gone as far as the delivery <laughs> mechanism of it? And yeah, that, I made that sound like it, had disappeared. No, I mean like, what, yeah, is it, it are we seeing better technology? Remember the old learning modules and you you like, and that's all
1: on the person who makes it. The tool set has always been fairly robust. It's just how much time you have, how much skill you have in related skill, uh, related technology. Like not only do you need to know the authoring tools to build this training, but you also then need to know video production, audio editing, graphic design, like all of those things are components of a good, well-designed computer-based training course.
0: Yeah. I've always been a little skeptical of them just because that's not the best way for me to learn. Just to sure. be honest, I'm kind of a hand, I want to go hands-on mm-hmm. and get that. What, what do you think uh, it today in 2023, as we think about computer-based training, what, what are the best what's in, in that industry? What are the best people doing? What the, I would say there
1: are yeah. two routes to go for this. The okay. first route is micro training where you do, like, the smallest smallest topic possible and just train that so that you can do it in bite-sized chunks so you're not learning, like, how to build a car, but you're learning, like, here's how to, you know, this is a horrible example, but, you know, here's how you change your wiper blades or something like that. Yeah. So you break it down into the smallest parts you can that are still cohesive and an uh, important topic. The other thing that is really popular trend these days in e-learning is gamification, turning the learning into a game. So not only just presenting the information but tasking the learner to do something with that information or rewarding them, uh, giving them positive feedback, um, tracking their progress, making their progress visible so they can see where they're doing, um, how they're doing it, um, giving them interactivity so they're not just sitting and listening or sitting and reading. Make them click mm-hmm. things, make them move things, make it like a game yeah, but educational.
0: Yeah. something A little more interesting than just watching a screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, or if my dryer, I have a new one, but I had an old dryer that would break from time to time. And I'd go on YouTube and I'd, you know, look for, I put my dryer model in, broken. And then I'd watch a a handful of videos of guys, not, not professionals Mm -hmm. at all, but they would get me the just-in-time information that I needed Yeah. To be able to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. Has any of that in the, in the computer-based training space, has any of that kind of began to bleed in a little bit where we can get, you know, where where we're using more hands-on video or any of those kinds of things, personalities to, to deliver that stuff?
1: A lot of the stuff I develop training for is how to use particular pieces of software. Mm -hmm. So whenever possible, I build interactions in where it's a simulation of how do you would actually Mm -hmm. use the software. So uh, I'll, give some information about what the software does or what this particular feature is. And then I will say, here's how you do it. And then I put up like a, you try it for the learner where to do X, click Y button or whatever. And yeah. so make them actually click and interact. And it looks just like the software because I would say over half of the time it is either screen recording or a mm. series of screenshots that I have captured that I build the interactive into, into the computer-based training. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the learning model on YouTube is crazy. And when you think about the stuff that you're doing versus, like, what's coming out on Linda or some of the other, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other training, how how does that compare? How is it different? How is it the same?
1: Um, a lot of methodology is the same. A lot of what you actually end up doing in these trainings is similar as a learner. Um, I try to avoid talking head. I, we're doing a podcast talking head right now, but I try to avoid just
0: that. No, this just the audio. Though, yeah. Be
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you also have to know who your audience is. My audience is not tech savvy. I actually developed training for nurses. Okay. Um, so the technology is ancillary to their nursing job. They just happen to need to use this software to do it. So they're not tech savvy. So you have to be very basic when you're explaining software interactions and things like that. Yeah, no, it makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big field. It's a big space. I think we still got some room in it, too, as we think about all the delivery mechanisms. Have you, uh, two, two questions along that as we think about the future. One, does VR or AR or any of those augmented reality spaces, putting a headset on or glasses or any of those kinds of things, when you think about some of your training, does that come up at all? Or are you thinking about that from a future standpoint?
1: Not for my needs specifically, but I can definitely see that VR would be very big in the training space, especially for hands-on jobs that you need to train. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I got the, I, you know, I bought the Oculus um, meta, I guess it is now. And, uh, and I've tried to do some of the hand things with, and it's eh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like I, I don't know if it's all the way there yet, you know.
1: Yeah, or, some of the things that require the controllers that you hold right, are right. probably not as good as if you just yeah. tried to directly track the hand. Yeah, um, but I don't think the technology is quite there yeah, yet for I think pointing gloves. versus I think tapping. You need yeah. Gloves, yeah, just to be honest,
0: it mm-hmm. just it'd be better um, that way. What about um, what about AI? I mean, that's been a big topic over the last couple months now, as we're thinking about you know I. Just today I went in, I'm I'm I got a, I'm doing a presentation tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. for work. In one of the questions they're going to ask me, I just put into GPT, you know, chat GPT and said, What do you think? And I, I'm not going to take everything it said, but I had some good sure. thoughts. In the training space of being able to ask, like, again, in just-in-time training, being able to ask the question and get that stuff back, are you thinking about it all? Does it intrigue you?
1: I could see some use cases um, maybe not in the just in time as a learner, but definitely for developing the training as, you know, um, one of the hardest Mm -hmm. parts of my job would coming up with realistic scenarios or situations to demonstrate to the learner. So asking an AI to to give me a scenario that uses this feature, this software uh, that I can then develop the training around that specific example. Yeah.
0: Kind of, well, you got me thinking, you know, you, you mentioned nurses in mm-hmm. the, maybe in the medical space.
1: Oh yeah. There's definitely applications for AI there, you know, yeah, patients yeah. presenting with these conditions, you know, hear right. a list of possible uh, causes or.
0: I hadn't even thought about asking chat GPT, like medical things. <laughs> like, you know, my chest is kind of tight in my, <laughs> go to the emergency room right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: It's so, just it, WebMD you know. with fewer steps.
0: Yeah. 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 Have you messed around with it much? I mean, have you, I haven't
1: played with it at all lately and it's gotten really big in the last few months, but I just have not had the free time to sit and play with it.
0: For, for those listening, uh, if you are, uh, you can kind of get access to it through Bing right now. So Microsoft just put it in there, it's not very good. They have a kind of a stripped down version and it's very, uh, it's very hampered from what ChatGPT is that's still open on, I think I I have an account there and I jump into it from time to time and have been using it, um, and getting some pretty good results. It's been helping Mm -hmm. me write some stuff. So, you know, I'm gonna keep working with it and just kind of see where it goes, but I could see in the training space, that may be a, a great way of putting together outlines or thinking through, Hey, one of the things I've been using it for is I'm thinking of these things. Are there other things I should be thinking about? And then it spits out a bunch of stuff and you go, Oh yeah. 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 yeah that kind of okay i didn't think about that so
1: i would think even everyday questions you might have might throw (laughs) additional things at you that you might not have considered yeah like i just pulled up bing and the recommendation was a dinner party for vegetarians and uh i'm i'm on the wait list so i don't get the full yeah but the the suggestion was uh you know, I need to throw a dinner party for six people who are vegetarian. And it says, I can suggest you a three course meal with chocolate desserts. And here's here's your starter. Here's your main. Yeah. So
0: it's not a bad, that's not bad. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're not very creative that way, we started off the podcast talking about rum. You could say I have rum and simple syrup, or I've got rum and these things. What kind of cocktail could I make? Yeah. Right
1: speaking of which there's a great app i use for that actually i have my whole home bar inventory in this app and then it tells me what i can make with what i have but it also has a uh, the Mm -hmm. app is called mixel m-i-x-e-l and it has a feature called maximizer where it says if you buy this one more ingredient it unlocks these seven more recipes that you could make or or things like that so
0: mixel m-i-x-e-l
1: it's mixelcocktails.com i've been using this app for years now it's great
0: Spell it again one more time for me.
1: M-I-X-E-L. Okay. Cocktails.com. Yeah.
0: I love that. And then how hard is it to put your inventory in there? I mean, as you bring new stuff in, scan uh, you it just, easily? or
1: Yeah, It and it gives like a generic name. So you might say a specific brand or something, and it'll just okay. give you a generic. That's an apricot liqueur or something like yeah. that. And then yeah. that helps you with your recipes huh. that might call for a specific brand, but you have a substitute or something as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that almost kind of reminds me like, in, in our, you know, in our bar area Mm -hmm. of having a screen there and you've always, you've got all the stuff loaded in there and then you could say, huh, surprise me. Remember the old on Google, you could say, you know, I
1: feel I'm feeling lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So the cool thing about this app is it gives you all the IBA recipes for free, the International Bartenders Association. So all Mm -hmm. the classics. And then because recipes are not copyrightable, It gives you, if you pay a subscription, um, then it unlocks other sources from popular cocktail books and things like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Recipes are just lists of ingredients and effects that tell you how to make it. So you can't really copy that. You can copy the presentation of the recipe, but you can't copy the the ingredients or the steps.
0: I'm sure there's a way to do that with food where you would, you know, you'd bring it in and.
1: I think I, there are similar apps for food, you know, yeah. make this recipe or whatever, but yeah,
0: Hey, like, Hey, I've got all, uh, this is what I got in the suggest yeah. something for mm-hmm. me to make tonight. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I need to, you know, tell me what I need. To, okay. I have to check that out. Cause that does sound interesting. Be like, Hey, we've got, and we've got a lot. I shouldn't say that's too loud, but we have a lot of ingredients at the house. And, yeah. uh, and, and so from a, from a cocktail standpoint, that would be pretty cool. A mm-hmm. couple comments coming in from chat. Uh, John thinks that to chat GPT can, Help him get his appendix out. And Tony, Tony quickly says, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, it might tell you the steps to get it done. You probably don't want to do it.
1: Do Maybe it it'll tell down. you your yeah. appendix and if it's inflamed and you should go to the hospital. But
0: yeah, John said uh, he asked it to write a Hallmark movie plot based on cybersecurity. It was pretty funny. The title "In Defense of Love" and infosec
1: romance—that <laughs> is hilarious.
0: Uh, yeah, there's some funny things you can do with it. Don't talk to it too long, though; it gets a little. I, I apparently it gets a little weird uh, the longer you. Yeah, I
1: think I heard that Microsoft is limiting how much you can. They talk are it so it doesn't. Uh,
0: yeah, I think they're the cutting it. A, a. There's like a time limit or an interaction limit right now. Yeah. They're like, okay, because it people and listen, people were trying, right? They were trying oh, yeah. to. They were invoking it. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you took a human and invoke, you know, did what you did, they'd lose their mind too. So be gentle on the, uh, on the soon to be sentient device. Um, you also, you do two podcasts, right? You're contributing. Yeah. In
1: my copious amounts of free time, I contribute to a podcast (laughs) called daily Detroit. Uh, it's a daily news podcast, uh, what to know and where to go in Metro Detroit. So we talk about the latest in transit policy to what new bars and restaurants have opened and everything in between.
0: How does that, how's that? Cause like I've heard people try to do that and yeah. it, it's hard, right? At least it, at, how, how is it working for you guys?
1: So the creator, it's his full-time job. Okay. Um, and then there are uh, five other regular contributors that do something on the show. Either they're a guest for a segment or they do behind the scenes where they help come up with story ideas or, uh, I, I do, I do a mix of contributing to the show, sometimes content. Um, and sometimes I edit episodes. Okay.
0: What what do you enjoy about it? Like what, what is it that keeps you coming back to it?
1: It helps me explore the city. Um, Contributing, finding, trying new restaurants and things mm. like that is one of the, the big things I do. So uh, having a reason to go explore, I, I get to talk to it, uh, talk about it with the co-hosts too. And all the listeners get to hear it and yeah. hear my hot takes on if it's a worthwhile visit or if you should skip it and go to the next place.
0: The On Saturday mornings, you know, I do this podcast with, with Dave Jackson, ask the podcast mm-hmm. coach. And that... That comes up from time to time. You know, I think every poster, every podcaster thinks you know how to do a local podcast. And then I think you start doing it and you're like, it's a I, lot of work. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, but do you feel like you get the, the, for the work you put into it, do you get it back in ideas or in awareness of what's going on in the city that makes it maybe a better
1: place for you? For sure. For, for sure for me. Um, and it helps me build connections with people around the city as well. Um, but I definitely, I definitely get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. As far as content and knowledge goes for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've often thought about doing one for Omaha mm-hmm. and I just, then I think, yeah, I, 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 but I want a life,
1: you know? Yeah, no, I gotta, it, it, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, like I said, it's a full-time job for the creator and then yeah. four, or five of us contributing Yeah, in our spare time.
0: I think it's a great idea. Detroit's a little bigger than Omaha. Yeah. So what's the, what's the population in the Metro now?
1: Ooh, Metro is probably, that's, you put me on the spot. The city is around 680,000. Mm. I would say the Metro is three to five, depending on how you, f- three, okay. to de- three to five million. Three de- to five million. Depending yeah. on how you define the Metro area. Yeah. So
0: probably twice as big as Omaha. Uh, maybe, maybe three. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, you know, uh, again, I think about it all the time, but then I think, yeah, I don't have time. John or uh, Tony says to out in chat, he says, in 1961, a Russian doctor in the Antarctic took his own appendix out. Be a man, John Biggs. He's calling John out. And, uh, and then Joe says in Russia, appendix take you out. And that's probably, <laughs> 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 that's probably too good stuff, guys. Keep that, uh, keep that going on there. And then, um, you've got another podcast as well, right. Called it in the D.
1: Yeah. So oh, earlier I like when I was name. talking about the tech scene here in Detroit, yeah. I mentioned that I helped run a networking group. Uh, it's a casual social networking group for people who work in it. And I joined that group in 2015. Uh, the f- it was created I want to say 2007. So well before I even lived in the Metro Detroit area, but I started attending the events in around 2015. And then around 2017, I joined the podcast. They started the podcast around 2015, just out of ideas uh, that they were coming up with in conversations at the networking event.
0: Mm. monthly, is that what you said? Do you guys get together monthly?
1: Uh, It's a monthly meetup event. Uh, We try to do the podcast weekly, but it doesn't always work out. Um, We get a lot of last minute guest constellations. We do um, interviews with local tech movers and shakers and people who work in various industries in Detroit. Um, we have everything from uh, cybersecurity to cloud infrastructure. We just, you know, talk about what's going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. Lately that might be relevant to. I've,
0: I've wanted to start, a you know, kind of a local meetup here in mm-hmm. Omaha. And I that's one of those things I started like six or seven times. And then I never get past the second one or the first one. Yeah. You know, I do sure. one this is great. We should do it again. And then next thing I know it's nine months later. How do you guys like, how do you keep it going? What are, what are some, what are your secrets for? Keeping
1: schedule it multiple in advance. Okay. So don't okay. schedule one and wait till that's oh. done. Also regularly, we are the third Thursday of every month. So it's same, same regardless. You're just yes. going to do it. How many do um, you get to show up? We have anywhere from a dozen to a hundred depends on okay. what's going on in the industry, Uh, what time of year it is, what venue we pick because we do rotate through venues. Um, We try to go to, we go to local bars. So it's super casual. We don't have any speakers. There's no cover charge. We don't charge people to attend. Um, So it's, it's super casual. You come grab a beer and then talk tech or talk with people who do tech about things that aren't tech. It's tech is the tie that the reason to come and, but not necessarily the conversations. I, I,
0: founded and then for, I don't know, six or seven years ran the Oracle Users Group here in Omaha. And I found that pretty easy. We do two in-person events like, you know, like a meetups every year. And I'd, I had vendors and they'd actually pay us to, you know, to present and to have a booth and, and you know, I use the Gallup facility to do those things. Kind of made sense to have it at work. Sure, and uh, those worked out really well. I am not, and and I I did that for seven years. I left that group with a positive cash flow. I mm-hmm. mean, like, and I always thought, oh yeah, I could recreate another one. I just, like, I just can't get for whatever reason. I just can't get enough. M- maybe it's the concept or the idea. I've tried getting podcasters together in mm-hmm. Omaha, and there's there's quite a few of us. But I, like you said, maybe I'll need to schedule. Maybe we should do it on a consistent date. Yes. Do do you find the attendance? Up and down, pretty consistent, the longer you do it, the better it is. I don't know any it's advice it's, there? Uh, it's
1: up and down, and okay. there are like I said, a number of factors. It could be this time of year, like summer is generally less attended because people are out grilling or boating or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. um because we do it Thursday nights from five until eight, so you know after work, the last thing you want to do in the summer is go uh, avoid the sun in a dingy right. bar right <laughs> right
0: no right on right, and do you always do it at a bar,
1: yeah, um. Okay. The last, uh, two months we have been at a local brewery. Uh, they got a back room and we're there again for, uh, March. Uh, and then we'll try another spot or maybe stick there. Yeah. Um, summertime we'll do places that have patios so you can at least be outside and enjoy it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always a local bar. So, you know, we don't need any AV equipment or anything like that. It's just people right. talking to each other. So it's, right. we need space.
0: Well, you do a, you, you also do a WordPress meetup yes. group as well and how how does how often is that
1: ideally monthly um i have missed is that last just
0: you or month? do you have others um
1: there was love? a there's a co-organizer but she's recently retired from web development so i'm not sure her intentions with um continuing with the group i wouldn't if i were her um i know <laughs> Yeah. Brush your hands of it and, and go yeah. enjoy your hobbies. Yeah. She's a avid birder. Um, but, yeah, um, I scheduled one finally. Uh, we did one in December, and then um, I missed January and February. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I should do March, but it's already almost March. So yeah. I have April scheduled, and uh, April we will talk about what's new in the latest version of WordPress that's due out at the end of March. Um, it, but, yeah, it, it, I've been with this group for a while, um, and I've been using WordPress since the very beginning, pretty wow. much.
0: If I were going to set up a website today, is WordPress for the average guy still a viable option or do I need to be a developer to do it?
1: I would say yes. Um, a lot of this changes in the last few years have been more friendly in designing and, um, controlling the formatting and layout of your site, um, for if you've been using WordPress a long time, a lot of these changes are scary and confusing because they're new <laughs> and different. Yeah, they are um, for sure. But uh, I think it's <laughs> I've still been good. using WordPress
0: a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, you know this for this show ten years, and yeah. that's a long time. And but I think you're right. I have watched WordPress I, in the last couple years. It seems like it's tried to be more friendly. Yeah, and then I think I've heard some of the community complain. It's maybe and maybe that's some of the hardcore folks kind of complaining like, oh, you're dumbing it down or whatever. I don't know if that's what they're saying. but
1: My biggest complaint is probably that they're doing it piecemeal instead of strategically. It seems rolling out like you have the new interface editor. It looks completely different from the old. And so you got the old style menus when you do everything else in the site, but then you go create a post or a page. It looks, it's this all new system. And so they just need to spend as much time on the other components as they do the editor, I think. I mean, content is the most important part, but It's been a few years now, so I think they could slow down a little bit and bring up some on the other other parts. It's a lot
0: like Windows, right? I mean, it's it's so big. Doing a comprehensive overhaul to make everything the same is sometimes daunting, right?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, you can still occasionally, I think, even in Windows 10. I don't know if it's still there in Windows 11, but I think you can get the old Windows 3.1 style file picker sometimes. (laughs) I think so.
0: It's buried deep, but I've I've heard that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, Uh, I see a question in the chat there. Uh, Yeah. uh, From Bob there. Tom Lawrence is a local tech person. Uh, He comes to our meetups, friend of mine. I've been to his house. Uh, He's got the YouTube channel. Nice. And uh, I don't know what I can say publicly, but I know he uses his channel to draw, uh, gain business for his company. Cool. So I'm a YouTube expert and you want my expertise, pay me and I'll come do your IT for your company. Do
0: you, in your day job, do you use, um, WordPress or is that just a side? I I
1: do SharePoint actually. Um, How's
0: that, how's that going?
1: (laughs) I get frustrated with some of the limitations and weird choices, but I've been using SharePoint for over a decade now. Um, just as a power user, um, I don't get to control any of the settings or administration on the server side. So I, whatever the company gives me, I take full advantage of the tools as an end user. Um, workflows and uh, adding custom style sheets or custom json or things like that but i do as much as i can um i built our training catalog in uh, in sharepoint we have um an lms that will manage it but it's horrible and i hate subjecting our learners to it so i rebuilt a catalog uh internally that we manage and just deep link out to those courses in the lms whenever possible and Don't have the learners interact with the LMS at all as much as possible.
0: Twelve years ago, I was I oversaw our SharePoint implementation in Gallop, and and it's just a little bit of a Frankenstein at times because they they always are bolting things onto it. Yeah, you know,
1: I would Um, say probably my biggest frustration right now with the modern what they call modern SharePoint pages is that there is no built-in table of contents web part, so you have all your headings but you have to manually link to each of them on the page there's no automatic tool to do that so that's probably my biggest frustration right now
0: i think we were actually making good progress pre-pandemic on sharepoint of getting it to work for us sure as being a hub for information and people using it teams destroyed that whole like teams came we implemented teams nobody's looked back <laughs> they're like okay well teams is enough that's all we need we're not going back on sharepoint i mean
1: Teams share- is powered by SharePoint. The whole yeah. back end of Teams is SharePoint. So Is it?
0: Yeah. No. It, but from an interface standpoint, yeah. everybody's doing everything in Teams. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we had groups and some chat stuff going on. We had Yammer internally, yeah. right, doing that stuff. We did all these things to help people get to do it. And then what's funny is when we unified on Teams, we had, had to stop training. We did, you didn't have to train on it anymore. Everybody just used it. Yeah, And then they went nuts with the, like, we could never get them to use the group functions of Yammer, but in teams, I can't get them to shut up. Like they're on the, in the group, in the team settings, right? In those, in those groups, they're creating new ones and hiding them and exposing them. And there's all kinds of chats going on all the time. I can't even keep up. And I'm a pretty good communicator.
1: Yeah. We use teams at work and they don't allow us to create new teams on our own. You have to submit an IT ticket and it's all controlled that way. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. No, we're wide open. It's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can, not a trust in, in that. And that's okay. It's worked. Listen, I've been surprised at how well it's actually worked. Yeah. Like when this first rollout, out, I'm like, oh, great. You
1: a know, couple of times I've, a week, I do get an invite from a meeting. Somebody scheduled a meeting with the team instead of with yeah. a, a, the wrong team or something. Um, but.
0: We yeah. we did a whole financials upgrade this winter. And all the communication was on Teams. Okay, and that I means some email and some of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But ninety nine percent of what they communicated, they would say, "Hey, we did this. It's on Teams. We did this. It's in Teams. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. It's in Teams." So it, it has been. I mean, it's just cr- it's it's crazy how fast we've adapted. I don't know if other organizations have done this, but
1: we are slowly adapting. Adapt. I would say um, because a lot of the people I work with aren't tech savvy. Um, okay, yeah. That's yeah. a little slower. And we, we were using Skype for business, mm-hmm. AKA link, mm-hmm. AKA MS communicator or whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever
0: it was before, whatever that. it
1: was until late 2019 or early 2020. So yeah. it was yep. the pan. I think the pandemic helped yep. push us towards teams yep. more.
0: Yep. Well, we had that zoom, right? We, we, for those who, who were sent home, not yeah, yeah. everybody got to go home. But for those who are sent home, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do Teams. And they're like, no, but Teams doesn't actually work. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we're gonna do Zoom, right? And I think everybody did that. Zoom yeah. was ready. It <laughs> did its job. And then over, you know, the first year, we, we, we were like, we rolled out Teams internally and it's worked. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's actually worked, <laughs> which I, I, I forever I tried to get, folks to use link and some of those kinds of things, but it just was never, none of that stuff was there and teams just came in and took over, you know? so
1: Yeah, I think the group or the concept of the team chat is kind of the driving factor because link was all individual or you had to create your groups every time and there was no permanent groups.
0: Yeah, no, we live... We live in teams. We still have Zoom implementation. We we use that for international calls and stuff outside of the organization and stuff like that.
1: We have WebEx, yeah. I think, for some of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't used yeah. it ever since I started. So I don't know yeah. if it's a legacy thing or if it's for certain use cases. But I've never used it.
0: Yeah, I, it's funny how you, all of a sudden you just realize. Although I think they've been doing some updates in the codec. Now it's just as like I, I watched Zoom brings my laptop to a grinding halt when, as soon as i start video <laughs> yeah. right and i'm noticing that's happening on teams now too which just makes me wonder we know teams is pretty intense
1: yeah what um, you were yeah. saying about um not being able to keep track of conversations anymore in teams i'm that way on discord now I think oh yeah yeah I'm, yeah I'm in uh 15 discord servers right now and i think that's probably about three to five too many. I just yeah. noticed lately that I was like, I'm not keeping up with conversations anymore. Yeah. I think i just, I've yeah. joined too many.
0: Yeah. I, I sort them. So I prioritize them in the left yes. menu. Right. Yes, for and sure. then for the first five, maybe I'm checking those on a regular basis. Of course our discord group, the average guy.tv slash discord is the number one. So I <laughs> prioritize that. That's it sits in there. And then there's a few, the guys over at compute, I uh, think computers I, uh, were in their discord group and, Some of those, you know, then I got a few crypto ones that we go through. But the bottom ones, yeah, I don't, I don't get to them very often. Yeah.
1: I even have the bottom ones are hidden in a folder even, or like a a group. of. Yeah. You can do folders in them.
0: It's pretty cool. That way, Brian says, without some oversight, it can get pretty chaotic in teams. And that's true. I was super skeptical when we first rolled to that. I thought, this is going to get out of control. And it actually hasn't. I can't believe I'm saying this. So it's just been bizarre. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like. Is I'm thinking about this, we're using Teams appropriately without even thinking about it, and very little governance. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's come up and said, Hey, stop making so many, you know, stop making so many things in Teams. So that, for whatever reason, that seems to, sure. to keep um, working. Um, you like, I, I, I tipped this off at the beginning of the show, but you, you like cooking, and I've kind of gotten into it during the pandemic as well. Any um, favorite kitchen gadgets that uh, that you have that you 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 kind of be like, man, I can't live without these things.
1: Um, I'm a recent air fryer convert, but I upgraded that one. But I upgraded my air fryer to a convection toaster oven. It's a little more versatile. Okay. Um, so it's the same heating cooking method, but it's a yeah, it's a rectangle, so it's a better shape than the basket that you know got to reach into with tongs or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so I can I've roasted a whole chicken in my toaster oven yeah um and then probably my next favorite gadget would be my thermopop instant read thermometer oh yeah and yeah they're on sale now because they upgraded to a new version too so the current ones are 15 dollars.
0: oh there's a tip
1: yeah if you need an instant read thermometer go get it colors might be limited now because they're trying to sell them out i think but uh they're cheap
0: Yeah, I don't know how, and I said this before, and I got to give all the credit to Mark Robson. I mean, Mark's been on the show every spring and every fall for the last, I don't know, five years. Mm -hmm. And I remember five years ago, him saying, Jim, you got to cook to temperature. And I don't know why that was such a foreign thing to me. I had always, with burgers or chicken or any of those, I've kind of cooked to just feel. Yeah. and he was like no you got to get a thumb thaw- now maybe that maybe that thermometer technology's gotten a little bit better they got a little bit faster they got a little mm-hmm. bit cuz remember the old thermometers you know that little r- had yeah, the round head uh- uh- yeah. <laughs> yeah yep uh, yeah so maybe that's helped but man I, I don't know about you but i find myself for everything cooking i mean we made the other day we made uh, chicken alfredo and Sammy uh, seared the chicken and then cut it before it was completely cooked. And she's like, oh, I'll just let it, I'll just let it, you know, cook th- through and we put it back in. Sure. And just before she pulled the lid, she goes, I think we should check it. I'm like, heck yeah. So just grabbed it, th- you know, just make sure it was the 165 that we wanted. Mm-hmm. But don't you think like that's just changed for me? That's changed everything in cooking. It's just temperature for everything.
1: Yeah. It makes it easier to keep your meats juicy.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: Right. I also have a um a probe thermometer that I can leave in when something is roasting. And that's... Yeah. I, I need to get a new one, though, because the cord is frayed and I had to patch it up with some Sugru. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's great, too. You know, I'll cook up pork roast or something in uh, pork loin and set the th- alarm to go off at 137 mm-hmm. degrees and pull it out and let it cook another 10 degrees or so mm-hmm. or, or, as it's just carry over cooking. And everybody says, oh, how's your pork so tender? I always... You know, it's always dry and chewy for me when I cook it. I was like, because I cook it to temperature and it it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's incredible what you can do. The other day I made a whole pig uh, pulled pork. So I got a a shoulder, I got a a pound and a half of shoulder, pound and a half of ribs, pound and a half of ham, pound and a half of loin. Okay. Smoked them all for eight hours together out in the smoker. Yeah. 200, 225. Depends on how cold it is, right? Sure. Just let it go all afternoon. Then pulled all of it together. Oh, wow. Oh, dude. Totally changed pulled pork. Like, because you don't, you know, I think a pork shoulder is pretty, that's why you load it up with barbecue sauce. Yeah. Because it's pretty bland. mm mm-hmm. This, we put a little barbecue sauce in, we made a little sauce, mixed it in as we were pulling it. mm mm-hmm. So it was... It didn't need, it, it needed hardly any barbecue sauce. It was so good. But that was one where I was constantly going out and checking the temps just yeah. to make sure I wasn't overcooking it. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you can do that. Um, John says, John Big says he loves the cyber Q controller for a smoker, which is a great way. It's another great way. I, I've been looking at grills. Do you, do you grill much? Do you have a smoker
1: or anything like that? I'm in an apartment now. So no, I, I okay. did have a barbecue when I was living in a house with a roommate, but, um, yeah. I left that when I moved.
0: So the air fryer really becomes your indoor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to say an indoor grill cause it's really not, but there's some yeah. cool things you can do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. it's convection. Do you find, do you have a convection oven as well?
1: No, it's just okay. a regular oven. Okay.
0: Cause I have a convection oven and so I'm kind of wondering how different the convection oven is from a convection cooker yeah. like you have.
1: It's pretty much the same thing. It's bigger. So it'll take longer yeah. to heat up. Um, but once it's heated up, it pretty much the same thing just circulates air around the food. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's super good. Yeah. Well, any others? So the air fryer, the thermometer, anything else that you're leaning into?
1: Uh, I would say back to the, the booze topic again would be just having a good set of, uh, bartender tools, mixing tins, bar spoon, uh, jigger. I like the, um, oxo's metal measuring cup um instead of a a jigger um it's metal it's got printed gradients you can look down in the top and see it uh see your measurements um so do you
0: you prefer metal over glass for for
1: mixing yes well i mean for mixing measuring i should say oh for measuring um i can't find these tools in glass Oh, I had a okay. plastic one and it like citrus juice etched it. Right. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know, plastic gets all funky when yeah. you store citrus yeah. juice in it. Um plus glass is more fragile so if I drop it or bang it or whatever I don't want it to break. If it's metal it just gets dented.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I want not, the, the reason I ask is we got this really cool I was going to look for it um got this really cool measuring cup. It looks, it's not this one, but here, let me, let me, let me throw it up on screen here. If you're listening to the audio, sorry about that. You're just going to have to uh, imagine. We, we, okay. Uh, this, ours is a little more flat on the sides, but if you can kind of imagine yeah, this four ounce mini measuring glass, which is really, really works well for mixing cocktails, mm-hmm. right? And I, I like it because I can look on the side as opposed to with the metal, um, you know, with the metal ones. You know, you, you have a one ounce and a two ounce. Now, those are fast, right? When you got that yes. metal, you shoot, you know, fill it up, toss it in. You don't even have to think about it. But I know this is what I
1: was thinking of when I was thinking of glass. Gotcha. Uh, I'm trying to find the one I have real quick.
0: We, we end up using the heck out of that thing. I mean, it just Mm -hmm. becomes a nice, you know, a nice measuring, especially if you're going to go, like, sometimes we'll go a two ounce pour, and then I'll want like a half an ounce for the simple syrup, Mm -hmm. which sometimes we, we use a liqueur instead of simple syrup, right, for it. Right. And, and some of those kinds of things. And it seems like I can do it faster out of these glass, these glass um, mixers chat for you.
1: I guess I could okay, share my yeah, screen, but I don't yep. know if I have it set up yet. Uh,
0: here, let me let me slide this over here, and then we'll bring it up on screen again. Sorry if you're listening to the audio. We haven't done this in a while, but head out and watch the video. Uh, let's see. Is it this one? Yeah. Okay. There we go.
1: So I like this. If you go to the next picture in uh, yeah, the images, there. Yeah. Yeah. You look down into it and can see the measurements instead of ah. having to squat down to get eye level with it. Also, okay, this one yeah. has a pour spout, yeah. so it's easier to pour out of.
0: Okay. It's called a jigger. I thought that that was just what <laughs> what you would nickname it, but that's what it's no, called. No, that's
1: what the, the bartending tool yeah. is called. This yeah. one, or you have the other style of jigger where it's the two cups on top of each other and you flip it over depending on how much you need.
0: Yeah. Hold on, let's get back to this picture. Yeah, you get so you just look down in it. Yep, huh? I might have to try one of these. Uh, 10 bucks on Amazon, not bad. That yeah, other one was 10 all. too. Yeah, here's so. a more
1: traditional style okay. jigger. Yeah,
0: let's see. I've got to reset that. Hold on, we'll stop sharing, come back to it. Just wish that would have popped open in the same screen, that would have been nice. Yeah, now this is the more traditional yeah. that I think of, right? When we and think about it, I find a these
1: harder to pour out of. I, I'm not as skilled with them. I'm not a professional bartender, so I don't have yeah. The skill. Yeah. So yeah. I like the other style.
0: Yeah. No, I like these. I mean, it depends on what I'm mixing. Like, if I'm going to make uh, old fashioned mm-hmm. and I know it's going to be a two ounce and some simple syrup, although we, we, we use 43 liqueur as opposed to simple syrup yeah. and for our old fashions. And it makes a super loaded old fashioned, like it's loaded, right? Because the simple syrup, you know, you normally would be no alcohol and the 43 is 30%. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, we, we like it a little tastier. Um, You can do it in a, in a jigger like this a little bit pretty fast, right? Not that you have to do it fast for those kinds of things, but, but for those standard pours, we like to use those as well. Yeah. no, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I found, um, I, I'm just finding a, as I'm spending more and more time cooking that I, man, having the right, so t- it's just like anything, right? Having the right tools is, uh, is super important. From a, from a technology standpoint, are you a PC guy, a Mac guy? Where, where do you land in that, in that space?
1: My personal life is all Apple. I use a PC at work, but everything, I'm using a MacBook Air to talk to you now. Uh, I have an iPad Pro. I have an iPhone. I've got an Apple Watch. I'm all in on Apple. Okay,
0: Uh, Hold on. Before, I want to dig into that a little bit, but Bob says, just to make sure we don't lose these, the OXO is way better than glass as it tends to get dropped on the tile floor. So, yes, um, although you probably could go Pyrex. I think some of those are made out of Pyrex, and you could go that route as well. And, of course, those won't break um, as easy. And then uh, Brian says he uses those tools better. Why? So why Mac? Is it just better for the learning stuff that you're doing, or
1: no? That's why? all. That's all professional. So that's all work on the PC. This is just oh, okay. I've okay. I got a Mac in college. I wanted to see how it was, and I liked it. And I was somebody who was you know all in on Windows for the longest time. I was doing stuff like you know cleaning my registry and defragging, and you know all the the windows maintenance and reinstalling every six months to a year, just cause it kept getting weird and installing all these custom tools and things like that. And I just like, you know, I'm done with it. I'm just going to, yeah, yeah. just going to let it go. And just going to use thing. it.
0: Yeah. I you mean, you're going to just use it like a computer. Like I, am, yeah. <laughs> I listen, I have found, I so do so little and maybe cause you can't, but I do so little tweaking on the Mac, mm. you know, and yeah, it's like I got Windows computers on either side, so I'm still using it, but I just don't. I, and to be fair, I don't do as much Windows stuff as I used to. Right. I just don't. Got Windows 11 and a few, have you tried Windows 11? You gotta, I have you not. Gotta, I don't have anything to put it on. There? Okay. It, and you could do, I mean, you have, you do have, you just have to go into the Insider well, program if, if you wanted to do
1: that. Oh, uh, I can't do it on my work PC yeah, and yeah, yeah. I could run it in parallels now, I guess, here on the Mac, but I don't need no, to. No, not worth it. <laughs> so probably
0: I'm not. not. Yeah. No, definitely, you know, uh, definitely not worth it. Oh, by the way, I hadn't thought about it, but thanks, Bob. Producer Bob says it's called, if we use 43, it's called a bold fashion.
1: I like that. I like that.
0: I do. Bob, maybe we'll call it the Bob uh, in, in honor of you, Bob. I like that. We have, we have a bunch of custom Sarah. I shouldn't say we, Sarah has a bunch of custom cocktails that she makes her recipes. She's named them, but uh, we'll have the Bob or what we call a bold fashion. I like that, Bob. Um, are you using any smart home stuff? I mean, you just said you moved into an apartment. Can you yeah, bring a so smart home into an apartment?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have some smart um, smart plugs that okay. control my light. Uh, this big light here behind me uh, is on a smart plug, uh, so I can turn it on and off. And then I have a air circulator fan on a smart plug um that it turns automatically i have um automation set up in home in the home app on uh, my iphone so i can say i'm going to bed and it turns on the fan for me turns off all the lights i have smart bulbs in all all of my sockets here in the the main room i need to put some in the kitchen and dining room because they're on one switch and by the time i get to the kitchen i've passed the switch that's in the dining room so if i can just leave the switch on and control it by a voice, that would be great because yeah. I have HomePod minis everywhere. I have four HomePod minis and I'm in a studio apartment so I have probably two too <laughs> many HomePod do minis. They, for a do they apartment. get confused? Do they, do they They don't, but I don't okay. know that I need yeah. as many <laughs> in a small space like this. Yeah, Our,
0: our Amazon devices get a little confused
1: sometimes. You know. um, I have one of the problematic Eufy cams pointed oh, at my front door, but okay. it's all using HomeKit secure video so I don't okay. have the problem. Yeah, um, because it's yeah. all using Apple on the back end and not Ufi's custom thing. Right, uh, and that's pretty much it. Because I can't change out the light switches, I can't change out no. the thermostat. No.
0: But you can do quite a bit. And yeah, it uh, sounds like you're using scenes. I think yeah. a lot of people use a good night uh, scene, right? Yeah, I have
1: and, good night. It plays the home uh, HomePod on next to my on my nightstand. Turns off all the lights. Turns on the fan. Yeah. Uh, I have a scene for when I arrive home. It turns on the light that's on right now um, just so it's not dark when i get home uh i have a scene what are my other scenes um i have a wake-up scene that is better than an alarm clock because it turns on all the lights and plays um some streaming radio uh and then i have a leave home scene that runs when i leave the house or when i say tell siri goodbye it will also Oh, i shouldn't say that too loud i <laughs> know you shouldn't uh, <laughs> No, know you shouldn't uh that will turn everything off
0: do you think scenes are easier when like you're, you know, you're in the apartment by yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you think scenes are easier that way? If you had a roommate or a spouse or somebody else living with you, do you think that's harder? On Cause you gotta. Depends but, on
1: how complex the scene is. I think if it just yeah. turns a bunch of things on together, no, but if you, you know, are doing all sorts of weird things, then I would say, unless your partner or roommate knows exactly what you're doing and how it works. Yeah. Yes. That's a bet.
0: I'm I'm fortunate, Sarah, my wife, she, she knows how to do all that stuff and we're, we're pretty savvy with it. I mm-hmm. set up all the automatic stuff on the apps. You know, I, she doesn't want an app. <laughs> She's okay. like, I can't control it with my voice. I don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. But, um, so she, she doesn't, but I've thought about a a scene, you know, creating a Uyghur did it. Everybody I talked to has got that good night scene. Yeah. And I always think, yeah, I should do that. And then I, and then I'm like, yeah, but uh, I don't know. So that's just it seems more complicated with people in that with other people in the house. I think if it's just me, yeah, it might be a little bit easier. You know, I also
1: um, want to try and figure out a scene that will turn on my TV and my Apple TV and set the HomePod to the right volume. But I haven't yeah, yeah. played it around with it enough to do that.
0: Have you worked with Home Home Assistant or any of those? I
1: haven't found a need for those yet okay. um the home app does so far what i need yeah. it to yeah and that's the apple one right it's what yes. you're using yeah the built-in apple
0: the home stuff. pods are apple as well yes. right so you're completely apple
1: completely inside. apple i have the apple watch i've got airpod 2s i've got PowerBeats 4s i have an apple tv <laughs> attached yeah. to my tv that also it's a it's a roku tv but it does airplay too so i could do it that way if i wanted to uh, but i hate the roku TV oh, interface—it's yeah, yeah. so basic su- and dumb su- compared to Apple TV.
0: I surprisingly like the Fire interface for okay. for what it works for what I want. You know, it's got a YouTube app. I actually have EarthCam TV up and running, which has been kind of cool. There, um, you know, EarthCam TV just streams. It catches all these live webcams that sure. are in high definition around the world. Mm-hmm. And this week they've been they've had a bunch on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Of course, yesterday or Tuesday was Fat Tuesday, yeah, uh, and, and Mardi Gras. So it was funny to watch on Tuesday them getting ready for Mardi Gras, and it would just for, throughout the day it would just go to you know it, it'd show and more and more and more people lining up there. Um, uh, kind of cool to have that on and just kind of available. It's thing like right now it's at, uh, it's in Waikiki. And, uh, you're like, oh,
1: that looks pretty nice
0: there today. So it's, it's been fun to have that on.
1: Nice. Yeah. I like the Apple TV screensaver that will show the Mm -hmm. animals or the landscapes or the city flyovers. Uh, speaking of Fat Tuesday, do you have a Polish community there in Omaha?
0: Oh, not a strong one. No, we used to, we used to, but, but I don't know if it's very strong now. So you
1: get Punchki on Fat Tuesday or no?
0: No, no, no,
1: probably not. Is
0: there one there in Detroit?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Punchki are big, um, Hemrathic is a enclave here in Detroit. Uh, okay. So it's surrounded by the city of Detroit and it's a very large Polish community. So lots of Polish bakeries in the area. So you can wow. get your punchki for Fat Tuesday and all sorts of flavors and,
0: <laughs> uh Fat Tuesday, such a great holiday. It's yeah. it's a, it's an underrated holiday in the US. We mm-hmm. need to we need to do a What's the what's it, a king cake? Is that the other
1: Yeah, greatest? that's a New Orleans thing.
0: Yeah, it's a New Orleans yep. thing and you hide baby Jesus in the yes. cake. I'm seeing more and more of those cakes each year show up at work, which is kind of crazy. Like I brought in the king cake,
1: you know. Yeah, being a uh French founded city, I'm surprised we don't do more Mardi Gras stuff here in Detroit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. So uh yeah, no, for sure. It 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 it's kinda uh, it's kind of fun. I think we should Listen, the (laughs) Americans have taken every other holiday on and and made it, you know, made it something interesting. I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras haven't, haven't become more. I mean, they're a big deal down there. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but haven't become uh, bigger deals because here, well, we have a big Catholic community. And so St. Patrick's Day, of course, is a giant holiday here Mm -hmm. in, in Omaha. So they paint the streets and I mean, it's just nuts out here. Um, let's see, I had other, one other question I was going to ask you on the home automation side of things before I got distracted with Mardi Gras and fat, and fat Tuesday. Hmm. Anything else from a home automation standpoint that, that, uh, Um,
1: I like that the recent HomePod OS update unlocked the temperature and humidity sensors. Oh, uh, the hardware has been there since they came out, but (laughs) I haven't been able to use them until now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I can open the home app and it'll tell me, or I can ask Siri what the temperature where, is. Where do you find, like, that word.
0: temperature, <laughs> yeah, temperature <laughs> makes sense from a humidity standpoint. What do you do with that data? Like, how is that important to you knowing that, what the humidity is in? Okay. For My you. sinuses, dry yeah. nose. Yeah. Like crazy. You try and keep, so do you try and keep your apartment there a certain?
1: Yeah, I try to keep it 40 minimum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I use a, I have a uh, Govi uh, temperature humidity sensor Mm -hmm. that's portable, Bluetooth driven. And I set it, I have it set up here in the basement just for that. um, Ooh, it's kind of low, actually, (laughs) as I'm looking at it right now. We try to keep it 40 as well. And um, I'm not doing a very good job. It's a 31.8 right now. So yeah, although I'm not, it's that time of year. It's not feeling as dry maybe Mm -hmm. as it actually is. Yeah. Static. Oh, bleeds. Yep. Just dry air is pretty rough. It can be rough on your furniture and some of those kinds of things as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm, but I'm always intrigued. I mean, I'm a kind of a, I'm a little maybe obsessive about that, but I'm always interested in, in people, how, how they use, I mean, internal temperature makes sense. Yeah. Not everybody knows what to do with the humidity.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just so. for sinuses and nosebleeds is the only yeah. reason I care about the humidity. No,
0: right on. Right no, right on. It's it's important for. I I have a I have I can I can tolerate it no matter what, but not everybody mm. can. Right. Sure. So, Brian says he loves his good morning scene. Turns on one light in the living room, bright enough where I can get out of the bedroom without tripping over myself in the living room. Not wi- uh, not waking my wife, uh, who gets up later, which is a great way to. I use my phone for that. When I go in the room, I, I put my, you know, I put my phone on a screen that's bright and I just kind of use it as a flashlight, not the, not the light itself, but just the, the, okay, we'll get, uh, we just lost Randy. We'll get him back here in just a second. He probably closed out his window. Um, But, uh, so not the, not the light on this side of the phone, but, but I just turn on a screen and, shine it down. And that works out pretty well, too. Kind of allows me to get through the room and not wake um, Sarah up in the process. Joe says he really likes Android TV over R- Rokus. And Joe, I'm kind of with you as well, that um, for for whatever, you know, Android TV is fire, right? It just kind of works for me. We've got a fire, I have a fire TV down here. I have a fire TV on the deck. I use fire TV on the treadmill. And uh, it seems to work. I think the app I use for it the most is uh, the YouTube app, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, right? Uh, Channels works well with it. So I can get to the TV if I want to stream something from a TV perspective. And, uh, and so that works out well. Bob says humidity is good for when it's freezing outside and you need to reduce your humidity so it doesn't condense on your windows. And Bob, yes, that is true. We went from 50s to six last night and you know so i kind of keep track of it that way to get again. hopefully we'll get to randy back he just dropped off here if you're wondering why i'm stalling for um uh, for time here so um yeah it's been this winter i think more than other winners have i used technology here he comes what happened randy did you close it out
1: heck if i know no on oh. me <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no worries. You just froze up. I saw your face. I'm like, well, I'll just keep talking until he comes back. So
1: No, uh everything, my Stream Deck plugged in and my microphone, everything started just flickering and huh. not responding. So I don't know no. if it was a Mac issue or an issue with my no, Thunderbolt no. hub no. or Yeah, no
0: worries. No worries. We got I figured you'd make it back. Uh uh you'd make it back eventually. So you're a seasoned podcaster. You know yeah. you know the deal. You know how to yep. get back. Um, anything, uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on home automation or any of those things?
1: Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. I do some stuff, but nothing super complex. Okay. Yeah. It's and handy. you don't have to, right? Um, the, uh, the S lady does not always understand me or gives me weird errors. Like yeah. my leave home scene stops all music, but sometimes I get an error that she can't find that media which Mm. no music is not media. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happens there, but.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I I get mixed reviews from people on the S, the S lady at times, you know, people just are like, "Uh," and I, on the watch, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Mm.
1: an Apple watch as well. And
0: sometimes it works really well. And other times you're like, "Mm, not so much.
1: Home automation is the, most problematic yeah i think i don't have major issues with other things maybe she doesn't understand a question but home automation is when she just fails or says i can't do that or oh i guess my other complaint is when it fails it says check the home app for more information but there's nowhere in the home app where it tells you what (laughs) happened or what goes on so i don't know why it says that
0: it's a rouge
1: like every time (laughs) i every time i it happens i look to see if the latest update is provided like some sort of error log or something yeah because why is why is she telling me to check the home app for more information if there's no more information available there no, uh, yeah. I guess just the feedback in general. Like when a scene fails, it doesn't say why; it just says the scene failed. It doesn't the, say which the, device
0: or Amazon is any better. Yeah. I mean, it may be a smidge better. Of being, it's pretty reliable. I mean, rarely do I have mm. to say it twice. I do from time to time, and and um, and when it it gets that same error, sometimes it's like check your check your app, and you're you go in there, and there's nothing in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. when it works, it works, and when it doesn't, it's super frustrating. Yeah.
0: Bob's got a good idea of, of using a humidity sensor in the bathroom to get oh, rid of a good idea. moisture, right? Hey, if it gets to a certain, you know, 50% or whatever, maybe 60%, turn I'll on, turn the, on fan. the fan. Yeah, yeah I like that'd that. That'd be a good idea if you could get that set up I can't really that do that way.
1: here at my apartment, though.
0: No, no, you couldn't change that.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you would need, well, yeah, you need to automate the switch, right? At that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess one other thing with the smart home stuff is um, I did set up two of my home pods as the stereo pair and they're the speakers for my TV uh, or they were the speakers for my Apple TV. And now with the latest update again, you can do um, audio return uh, arc from your TV. So you can just do your oh. TV audio through the home pods now, too. Okay,
0: And then so the home pods become speakers for the TV.
1: Yes. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that then two of them having four would make more sense
1: for you Uh, um yeah i guess the two are the stereo pair then there's one on the nightstand and one in the kitchen so yeah
0: i mean you've got them
1: yeah
0: (laughs) might as well figure out some way to use them. exactly i listen i can't tell you how many times i've like well i've got the monitor i might as well plug it into something all of a sudden there's 10 monitors on my desk right you know and you're like yeah do i need another yeah i need one more why not you
1: know yeah and uh, that goes back to our initial conversations outreach on twitter as i was suggesting you get a higher resolution monitor more rather than multiple lower resolution monitors.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, It makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do like space. Mm -hmm. I could go either way. To be honest, I could go either way. It doesn't matter. This is, I think, so we were having this conversation when I was buying the monitor for the Mac because that was two years ago. Probably. And I was talking about an ultra wide. I was going to buy a 34 inch ultra wide. And I think I eventually ended up, on a 1080p, and I think you said, "Go go lower resolution or higher resolution, yeah. right? Than that, and maybe a 2K or 4K or getting a, getting a little more space." So I actually ended up doing that. So when I bought this monitor, when I built this PC back in the winter, I ended up putting a 2K 1440, uh, 27 inch curved ultra wide as a gaming PC, and it's that actually that monitor works really well for gaming and for me 2 k is enough it was mm-hmm. under 200 bucks so like you know you're kind of like or maybe right at 200 bucks uh, so I kind of did what you did I just did it the next time <laughs> yeah. around right when when i when I went to go do it so no i've I've really liked for podcasting which is what I do on the Mac primarily a yeah. little bit of productivity but mostly podcasting The 1080p
1: monitor is fine. Works just fine.
0: And, um, you know, so. And I do
1: 4k so I can have more of the audio on screen at one time.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And maybe it's my eyes too. I think if I was going to go 4k, I would go with those Samsung. We talked about this when we had Ryan and Bob on where Mm. Samsung's got that 55 inch ultra wide, which by the way, is like six, it's like $1,700 right now. So, (laughs) Like it's down from, it was 2500 just two months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point we may see those for like a 1000 bucks. which 55-inch ultra-wide 4K, that's, that's a lot of space. Yeah. And that would, to me, that would make sense at this distance. Like to have a 4K 55, I don't know. I don't know how tall that is. It's much, I think it's taller than this 34 for sure. But I kind of get, I don't know. 34 and 27 is 50, 57. Is that right? 34, 27. Well,
1: no. Diagonal measurements anyway. So, you it know, was,
0: true, true, yeah, true. But still, I, those two monitors together are about what the 55, maybe a little wider than the 55, but.
1: I just searched my Twitter and it was March of 2021. When yeah, we first yeah. talked about it. So no, so, two yeah, years ago. Years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. It's crazy to think I've had the Mac that long. You know, I've been on that, that Mac M1 mini for, for two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate the, appreciate the feedback. Uh, Jim Shoemaker, who is also a longtime listener, he also encouraged me not to do 1080p. Yeah. And I was like, eh, that's what I'm going to go with. You know, that's, that's the decision. Yeah. I,
1: made. Uh, I mean, 4K is four 1080p screens all in one. Right. Right. Yeah. But.
0: But a little bit smaller in, in, in this am In my case, yeah, because mine's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 27, yeah. but you could go 43 4K, and then it's whatever. Yeah. The weird angle math again.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's true. <laughs> that's true. 40, 43 and, ultra-wide
1: screen. And no bezels in between.
0: Yeah, no, true.
1: If you, I mean, you don't maximize your windows in that case. You, you know, rearrange them. So it's like four 1080p windows all on-screen at once. But
0: So work is kind of that way. So my work setup, which is right here,
1: yeah, is is
0: four is three 1080 1080p plus the laptop in the corner. That's on a, that's on a stand. Right. And the, the, you know, with the lid up and the camera pointing at me so I can use windows hello mm-hmm. to log in. Right. But I actually, for work, I actually prefer the, the separate monitors because I can quickly snap things around. Okay. Yeah. And I know that just works better. That just works better for me. At at work, I have ultra wides, and I, it's funny they're all different. So I have to reconfigure them every every place I go to work. Yeah, got to reconfigure. Windows 11 is supposed to fix that. It's supposed to remember when you get to a new spot, and that's like, oh yeah, I remember this configuration, and it moves all the windows back to the way they should be. I haven't used it yet, but um,
1: I don't remember what yeah. it's called because I don't have my work computer here. But I have an app on. That I did not install to anybody from my IT that's listening. It did not install <laughs> anything. Um, that you nobody's, hold on. Nobody's to, listening. It's okay. It puts a grid on your screen. So if you want to resize a window to a certain size, you hold on your spacebar and then drag the window and then release, and it will resize it to the grid, so you can easily make grids of of yeah. windows. What's the name of it? I can't remember because it's on my work computer.
0: Do you use um, Rectangle on the Mac?
1: Uh, is that the one I use? It's the one that resizes. Yeah. 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 I I was using magnet for a while and I think Moom is another popular one, but I did settle on rectangle.
0: Rectangle's nuts. Like it gets you so many different configurations. You go left half, right half, center half, top half, bottom half, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right, first third, center third, last third, first two thirds. Right. (laughs) Love that. First two thirds, last two thirds. Maximize, almost maximize, which is hilarious mm-hmm. almost maximize maximize height smaller or larger center restore those are all the options you get
1: i always have to think for a minute when it's the third wordings of what does that actually mean yeah 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 well uh, i i found the windows app it's called the window grid windowgrid.net window grid. okay
0: yeah and joe is saying uh windows 11 has a new feature and i and i believe that to be true as well that'll remember your laptop or whatever. And when you change locations, it'll recognize, Hey, the last time I was here and these monitors were present and it was this setup, this is the way you had it. Ah, Gotcha. That'd be so helpful. Cause I, I switch in between two locations where the, the ultra, I have 34 inch Dell ultra wides in both, Mm -hmm. but they're in different configurations. One time it's on the right, the other time it's on the left. I've got a monitor and portrait on one side, and I only use one monitor. I only use the Dell monitor in another place. So it just would be handy. You know, all the screens, I disconnect, all the screens crunch onto the laptop, and then I go to the next place, and it'd be great if I just plugged it back in and they all appeared till the last time I was there. So we'll have to see.
1: Question from Brian F. for me. Yeah. Uh, if he was wondering if I have any muscle memory issues moving back and forth between Mac and windows, I don't usually, um, except yesterday I got sent home from work because of the ice storm. And so I hooked up my work computer to my, uh, Bluetooth keyboard here. And I was trying to use command shortcuts instead of control shortcuts, just because it's the keyboard I'm used to not necessarily the operating system. Yeah. This is this is my Mac keyboard, and so I was trying to use Mac shortcuts, but it was yep, controlling yep. my Windows computer. That's the
0: that's the hardest part. I think about switching between the two is just the keyboard shortcuts. Otherwise, when I'm here or when I'm at work, and I don't use a Mac at work, mm-hmm. but when I'm here, I don't see any OS difference anymore. Yeah. You know. Just just works out. Uh just works out pretty great. Um here, I'll throw the link to that you you gave me that one to the windows we'll throw that in the chat room windows window grid dot net if you want to hit it from the chat. Randy anything else that I missed on our list here? I think we we've had a pretty good conversation. Yeah. Anything else that we've talked
1: about a lot of stuff. Um hmm. I guess we didn't really go too much into the technical part of the podcasting, but that can always be another topic.
0: Yeah maybe we'll have you back. Save it for save it for next time I have you back. Yeah. How's that so? How's that so? Good. Cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, raising your hand and reaching out and, and, you know, I was, we just, I jumped on a, a call and I got to know you a little bit and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. So I appreciate you, uh, you saying yes and you jumping out here. I think earlier, uh, um, Brian had said he just got home and it was appreciating the show. He listened to us on the way home and then, Switched it over and uh, and thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you, you know. I sometimes ask myself the question, why am I still podcasting? Sure. <laughs> and then I do shows like this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why. Because it's kind of fun when you're not worried. You know, I'm not. We're not trying to necessarily do anything here. <laughs> yeah, we're just having. <laughs> sure. a, we're just chatting. Just, and I, yeah, yeah, just chit chat. And I think in there, you f- people find interesting. You know, find interesting things to. uh to go joe by the way joe caught your cat pillow in the back
1: there (laughs) where is it there There it is yeah yeah it's the it's the internet meme that angry lady yelling at the cat eating a salad (laughs) you got those pillows as pillows Uh, for my uh best friend for christmas a few years ago
0: yeah good good oh oh, joe said his wife spotted it so Hello, Joe's wife. Thanks for, I don't know why you would be listening or watching this, but thanks for doing it. We appreciate it. You're the, probably the one female that's uh, ever watched this show. So thanks for, for doing that. Well, can you hang for a minute while I kind of
1: close things up? I know the drill. Is that okay?
0: Okay. So let me, let me remind folks as we go, if you want to join us in the discord group and Randy's out there as well. If you got some questions for Randy, he's just Randy Walker out there on, in our discord group. Super easy. Didn't make it very difficult. Head out to the average guy slash discord. Get it done. Leave a message for us if you got a question, or you want to cover something, or you want to say something. Well, you got to do it in thirty seconds. But head out to homegadgetgeeks.com the average guy TV platform, both web and media hosting, powered by. What are you showing there, Randy?
1: You muted. Uh, Bob saw the the pineapple.
0: Oh, the I can't turn it because there's there's uh, no batteries.
1: There's no batteries.
0: It's funny what people, uh, what people notice in the hair. I'll tell you what. While I'm glad I
1: cleaned up a little before I turn well, on yeah, the camera. Here.
0: We'll, we'll do that so they can continue to find things in your background. Yeah, but there you go. Perfect. The AverageGuy.tv uh, platform, both web and media hosted power, uh, hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. You get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And, of course, you know that's Christian. If you need a hosting plan, you can still get it for 10 bucks. He is in fighting, fighting inflation every single week out there at uh, Maple Grove Partners. Get it done today. Visit maplegrovepartners.com. If you haven't checked out HelloFresh, now is the time. John Biggs, I'm a little disappointed with you. I saw on Facebook, you were having a conversation about meal boxes, and you didn't come to me. I just, I'm just a little, I mean, I know you sent me beer. I appreciate that, but you didn't come to me. Anyways, HelloFresh got a super good deal going on right now. Save as much as $110 on your first five boxes of HelloFresh. Pretty affordable. It's cheaper than eating out. Well, it depends, I guess, where you eat out. But man, I was at Chick-fil-A or one of those canes. And they're like 10 bucks a it's like 10 bucks a meal. And <laughs> that used to be like five or seven or whatever. It's, everything's getting expensive. But check it out. Save $40 on your first box alone. Check it out today. TheaverageGuy.tv slash hellofresh if you want to take advantage of that of course you can always send me an email contact the show jim at the average guy.tv. track me down on twitter although i don't know how much longer i'll be on twitter because they're doing these weird things with you got to pay for it to get the dual the two-factor authentication are you only are you sms on so oh. you should,
1: shouldn't be using sms authentication anyway oh. at this point use okay. an authenticator app and it's it's free still
0: for now oh that's the way i do it okay yeah. Cool. Well then, I'll be on Twitter at Jay at Jay Collison. I didn't quite. Maybe I'm one of those guys that didn't read all the news. I just saw the headline and yeah, didn't maybe didn't pay attention to it as well. Yeah, I use an authentic Keanu kind of raps. So uh, check track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison and uh, and you know rate, subscribe, review all those fun things that you do uh, when you get out there. We are live every Thursday 8 p.m. Central. Um, Sammy is back next week. I had trouble getting her, she didn't want to come on the show cause she didn't have anything to talk about. She was just really anxious about it, but she started this new job at the library and Randy, uh, like I, I have a whole new appreciation for libraries. I had no idea they're doing some incredibly cool stuff. Like yeah, our library can now, you can check out a telescope.
1: Yeah. The, oh, the lending library stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You can, they have 3d printers. They have a, they have a CNC over there. Yeah. Like, they have a laser cutter over there. I was like, and then she was telling me all these things about all this different tech stuff that they're doing. I was like, how has this, how have I not known about this bastion of technology?
1: That is a good you teaser know. for the next episode.
0: Yeah. So next week, join us live next Thursday, 8 p.m. Central 9 Eastern on here at the average guy TV live. She will be back. By the way, uh, I did say 8. It'll be 8.30. She works on Thursdays till 8. And so we'll go a little bit later. You can jump out here at 8. We we'll, we can chat and whatever. But she'll be back uh, next week to get it done. We'll do a smidgen of post-show. With that, we'll say goodbye.